This week on the Bread and Inklings, we're going to look at death very briefly because this chapter about John being introduced to death is incredibly short. Welcome to the Bread and Inklings, a podcast where I hope to look to dive deeper into the works of the Inklings, a literary group of white men who met in the 1930s and 40s at Oxford, England. I particularly want to look at how their works fit into the diversifying world of today. So today's chapter is book one, chapter three, the Eastern Mountains. And as I said, this is a very brief chapter for being about something as large as death. So, um, but let's start with, um, so what I'm drinking today is Winter Storm by Heavy Seas Brewing Company, and it's a extra special strong bitter beer. I don't know much about beer and alcohol, but I've been enjoying it so far. Um, and then the quote this week is Uncle George, who is about to die, and the steward. I am not complaining, said Uncle Joe, but it seems cruelly hard. Not at all, said the steward. If you only got to go to the castle and knock at the door at the I'm not complaining, said Uncle George, but it seems cruelly hard. Not at all, said the steward. You've only got to go to the castle and knock at the gate and see the landlord himself. You know that he's only turning you out of here to make you a much more comfortable, to make you much more comfortable somewhere else, don't you? So, cheers. So, um, quick summary. Uh, John finds out that Uncle George is getting turned out, his lease is up, and John doesn't understand that he thought that everybody knew when their lease would be up, and he finds out that it's now, it's a moment's notice, and you're kind of kicked out of your lease, your house, whatever, um, by the landlord, and it's the steward that's come to tell them this, the steward being the equivalent of pastor in this world. And all of them, I don't know, have kind of this unreaction. They put on the masks like the steward has, um, except for Uncle George, who was trembling so much that it wouldn't stay on. And they walk down the road, it's getting darker and colder. And then Uncle George steps over a brook and begins to walk away without them toward this mountain that's very tall and dark and is believed to be the landlord's. And then the family just turns around, walks home, as never sees Uncle George again. And they start talking about Uncle George's prized pigs and 
John asks a couple of questions about the lease and the landlord, but there really isn't very much at all. And it's three pages of not much, but let's get into it. Um, so John returns home and there's the huge hubbub of his mother crying and his father being very solemn and the steward's there with his mask on and explains that Uncle George was given notice to quit. Um, and John asks, but didn't you know how long the lease was for? Oh no, indeed we did not. We thought it was for years and years more. I am sure the landlord never gave us any idea he was going to turn him out at a moment's notice like this. And the steward points out that the landlord's so nice to just let us live on the farm or whatever. And they all agree. And then they set off the whole family in masks, except for Uncle George. Um, and then I thought the interesting um, thing about the landscape, uh, the country sloped down eastward to a brook and all this side of the brook was green and cultivated. On the other side of the brook was a great black moor sloped upward, and beyond that were the crags and chasms of the lower mountains, and high above them again the bigger mountains, and on top of the whole waste was one mountain so big and black that John was afraid of it. He was told that the landlord had his castle up there and it's very interesting especially not just for things but the end of the book thinking about this description of the castle of the landlord and I think it's a very human thing maybe especially since John isn't true believer in what the steward's saying. The steward doesn't even believe what he's saying based on previous chapter. Of the afterlife and the castle of the landlord, which we would assume to be heaven, is this very like it's very dead looking and dark and it's not appealing at all. And yet the landlord gives that quote about you're going to a better place and it's just very it doesn't seem settled and right and whatnot um and as they're going the sun is setting so it's getting darker and the wind is blowing from the east so it's getting colder and then um so uncle george is stepping over the brook um there's a note about um Stepping over brook, a symbol of dying, imagery associated with the crossing of the Jordan, the 
River Jordan, and something that I found interesting, not in this, but elsewhere, talking about the Jordan River and the crossing. Baptism is a symbol of death, and then coming out of the water is new life, um, life in Jesus, and somewhat, but baptism is even more so a pointing of crossing the red, no, purple, sorry, it's about going into the promised land, going through that river, um, no, red, red sea, sorry, I'm confusing my things, it was, um, so, Christianity baptism is like the new exodus from slavery to the promised land to salvation, though I, I got that confused because, you know, they didn't follow the, after crossing the Red Sea, they were wandering in the wilderness for 40 years before getting to the actual promised land, even though it was right there. They had to wander the desert for 40 years because of not obeying. Anyway, um, but yes, water and crossing water in Christianity is definitely a symbolism of death and Sorry, that was a rabbit trail, but I found it a very interesting and maybe helpful or just fascinating rabbit trail. Um, so then Stuart unties his mask once Uncle George is gone and they can't see him for very much longer because of all the ups and downs in the landscape. Um, Bella said the steward untying his mask as they turned homeward. We've all got to go when our time comes. That's true, said the father, who was lightning, lighting his pipe. When it was lit, he turned to the steward and said, Some of those pigs of George's have won, right, won prizes. I'd keep them if I were you, said the steward. It's not time for selling now. And it's just such a weird transition of this funeral-ish moment, death-ish moment to continuing on with life. And all of the adults are just like 180 degree turn, like Uncle George, whatever, onto our lives. And John kind of sits and has more questions about it. Um, so he asks things like, could any of us be turned out without notice like that at any time? And his mother responds, yes, but it's unlikely. Um, and then tells him that he shouldn't think about it because he's too young. And it's just not healthy. Um, and then but John continues to ask questions and asks, can we break off the lease without notice too? How do you mean? Well, the landlord can turn us out with, out of the farm whenever he likes. Can we leave the farm whenever we like? Oh, no, certainly not. And she just 
kind of says, it would just please the landlord. And perhaps make him angry enough to that they be put in, or the person be put into Black Hall. And then John asks, will the landlord put Uncle George in the Black Hole? How dare you say such a thing about your poor uncle? Of course he wouldn't. But hasn't Uncle George broken all the rules? Broken all the rules? Your Uncle George was a very good man. You never told me that before, said John. I found absolutely hilarious and very true of we don't necessarily see people being particularly good until they can't defend themselves and then it's like, oh, they're good. They're we're amazing human beings. Or whatever. Um but I think the question about giving our the lease and ending the person ending lease early instead of the landlord is in some ways it seems like that would be suicide in this at the same time I guess it's not ending the lease if they just wander off I'm not sure but it's it, it was one of those like big I wish there was a footnote on what exactly is meant by ending the, the person choosing to end the lease early. Um, and that is the end of the chapter. So very short and so it is February when I'm recording this, I've been terrible about uploading these, but, um, so the books at, that I'm quoting at the end, I, I've been really terrible about actually reading any books, and so it might not, I think my original intent was for it to be a book that I'm currently reading, but I think especially since I want to do more of these because it's by chapter, not by book, I am just going to do books that I think people who read C.S. Lewis might not necessarily turn to or just books that I found fascinating. It is Black History Month and so I wanted to highlight a book I think does an amazing job of so many going through so much history very easily um so that's homegoing by Yasi, and it follows two half sisters born around 1750 1755 in africa one stays in africa and the other one is sold as a slave to go to america and it follows generations to about the current um this was published a few years ago but it was a very popular book and it is beautiful and so wonderful 
I learned a lot from it. It has just incredibly beautifully written and very short quote, but I think is very true. Um, history is storytelling. So cheers. Hope you had a good week and that you go learn something new.